you have your Bibles with you or your uh, toys or whatever it is that you read the Bible on, would you open to uh, the Gospel of Mark? We are going to spend quite some time in this Gospel. Uh, Steve did a great job of just kind of setting the stage for what the, the book was about. And if you have not listened to that, pick up the CD or download it and listen to the beginning because I think in any type of reading scripture it's really really important that we have an overall picture so that everything gets interpreted within the structure and the context of that and so I'd like you to look at that we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 1 verses 14 through 28 Mark 1 14 through 28 And after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And he was going along by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left the nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, were also in the boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, and the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching as one of having authority and not as the scribes. And just as there was in the synagogue a man with unclean spirits, and he cried out, saying, What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, and come out of him. And throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately the news about him went out everywhere into all the surrounding districts of Galilee. Now, a lot of you have probably read this numerous times or have had it read to you. You've studied it uh, a lot at times in your life. I want to try to make this a little bit more real today than just reading it from a historical fact. And I was going to try to role play, but I asked my, uh, my, my son if I should role play this with somebody, and he said, no, I'll just talk about it because you'll mess it up role playing it. So I decided I would just do this. But I want you to just uh, imagine it. You have to put yourself back in the history of this time to see what was so astonishing. Why when they said they were amazed, the word amazed means they were blown out of their mind. They were beside themselves. They were mad and astonished. There were no words for them. They just stood in awe. What was this? And the illustration I want you to see is, let's just say we're sitting here and we're visiting, and some new guy comes walking up. How far can you go with this? Can I walk down here? Okay. That somebody opens that door, he walks in here, and he walks over, and somebody that you may have not known, and he says, get up and follow me. And instantly, this man gets up, leaves his wife, leaves his chores, and follows me and walks out the door. No questions asked. Walks a little further, and he picks out somebody else, and he says, rise, 
follow me. And he gets up and leaves and follows him. Do you remember the story of the, the colt that was tied up? And he said, I want you to go to the city, and I want you to go there. A man will be out there watering, and he'll come to you, and I want you to tell him that a master has told you to give us the colt. Now, that's hard for you to believe. I want you to now imagine somebody comes, you're walking along, and a guy comes up and says, give me the keys to your car. Somebody has need of it. And the person pulls out his keys, gives him his car, said, here, they are yours. Amazed, What kind of authority that these people get up, leave a job, leave family. They're willing to go do anything. Can you see now why these people are saying, we've never seen authority like this? No, not ever. This, is this a new type of teaching? He just speaks it, and it comes to pass. Does that make a little bit more sense to you? Think of it in your life, if you were just sitting in work and somebody walks in, you don't know who the somebody is, and you're sitting there in your job and you're kind of doing a good job, and they get up and they say, rise, walk out and leave. Follow me for the rest of your days. And you get up. It's almost like sometimes have you seen been, uh, somebody hypnotized. And then the demons... They'd never seen anything like this because after that they said, we've never seen anything like this, nor has it ever been heard of. Remember, these were scribes. The word scribes literally meant the educated of the day, scholars that studied the law well. They'd never heard anything like this. You mean demons get up and obey him? What is this authority? What is this authority? And I want, you to, I want you to put on your thinking cap because I am go, I'm not going to just dive into a whole lot of this throughout the, the next whatever it is, how many times we're going to be preaching. Steve and I will be touching on a lot of these things and building on them. But I want you to see something because most of the time when you read this, you probably say, well, he was Jesus. He was God. Who wouldn't get up and follow him? You've got to remember, in Philippians chapter 2, it says, Have the same attitude among yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who, though he existed in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself. He poured out himself. He would never call upon his power of deity. Although being God, he was never going to live as God. He was going to live as man on this planet. That didn't mean he didn't become, he still wasn't God. He still was God as he is. But he chose at that moment in his life, he would never live by the power of God in him. He would only live as man. And it said, he came as man, humbled himself. That word means he made himself merely human. The, this authority that you see when he came and told these people, get up, Simon, follow me. Demons come out of him, and you'll see over and over and over people being healed. None of these things were done because he was God. None. You're going to see that this authority is so amazing, number one, because you're going to see somebody that lived life the way man was intended to live. Now, I do want you to understand that Jesus was the only human being born that didn't need to be born again because he was conceived in the Holy Spirit. 
When he was in the womb, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and he was born being empowered by the Holy Spirit, but literally live on this planet as man, always drawn only as man. So what's this amazing, what's this amazing authority? They said, this authority, we've never seen authority like this. I just want you to first of all understand, let's remove the fact that the authority wasn't because he was God, although God he was, but it wasn't because of that. The authority was because he was man living the way man was designed to live. You see, in a nutshell, you and I living the way we were designed to live is simply to be a container to make an invisible God visible to other people. So that when you go ahead and you see a man walking the way that he was designed to live and designed to walk, you would look at that man and you would say, wow, there is God. I've been able to see God. Remember what he told uh, to Philip? And he said, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. He said, oh, Philip, Philip, have you missed it? I've been with you so long and you haven't got the picture yet. He that has seen me has seen the Father. For the Father is in me and I and the Father are one. And then he goes on in John 5 and he says, the works that you see me do and all the things that you hear me say, they are not mine. They are the Father that dwells in me. I'm simply making known for, to you what the Father has told me to say. You are seeing a visible expression of my Father when you see me. I do nothing on my own authority, but only what the Father tells me do I do. So back up now and you get the story from behind the curtain where, and you'll find that out I think next week if Steve's going to talk on that, he comes out of a place of solitude and he walks out and he says, Simon, throw down your nets and follow me. Simon did not throw down the nets and follow him because Jesus said that a separate from the Father. He said it because the Father told him, I want you to go tell Simon, it's already put within his heart that he will do that. I've already put it within his heart that he's going to go ahead and follow you. So Jesus basically was a carer, carrier of the news of who the Father was, and he spoke that out. And so therefore, that's why this authority had never been seen before. They had never seen a man on the planet ever housed by the Spirit of God. Now, the Holy Spirit had came upon people, but never before had the Holy Spirit by the Father lived and dwelt inside man so that man now was going to reflect as the picture of a invisible God to a world that could now see God. And now the authority, everything that God asked was already being done by him. Does that make any sense to you? There's a lot to wrap around. But as we begin to look at some of these things and we look at the, what he says, he goes over and over again and he says in John 5, I do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. My judgment's not of me because I don't seek my own will. Only him who sent me and dwells within me. Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something that he has now seen the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son can do in like manner. You lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am he. I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak only the things that the Father has told me. And back in Matthew chapter 8 and also in uh, Luke 8, I want to tell you a little bit of a story that get a little picture of what this looks like. 
Jesus was uh, going along with his disciples, and this soldier comes up to him. This was a centurion soldier. The word centurion soldier basically means that he was underneath the, the governing Roman Empire. He had a hundred men that were assigned to him so that he was over a hundred men. And he, and he says to Jesus, he comes to him, he hears about him, and it's interesting, he knows what we are talking about here today when none of his disciples understood this. This centurion soldier knew it. And he said to the master, he said, Lord, teacher, or Lord, my son has fallen ill. He's in the convulsions. Would you come, or no, would you heal him? And it was uh, suggested, I've got things I have to do here, da, 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 so it'll be a while. And he said, no, you don't have to come. All you have to do is speak the word, my son will be instantly healed. Because I too understand for I am a man under authority. Remember Jesus' response to that? Wow. Wow. I've not seen this kind of faith, not in all of Jerusalem and all of my traveling. I've not seen anybody that gets this. So he speaks the word, the centurion goes home, and the son is healed. What was he saying to him? He was saying, I know, Jesus, as long as you are underneath the authority of your Father and the Father that dwells within you, all you have to do is speak whatever the Father says to speak and it will be done. Because I understand that too, because if I'm underneath the Roman Emperor, I can speak to any 100 of these men and they will all do anything that I say. I understand the principle that you're trying to teach. And Jesus said, wow. And not until John chapter 16, at the end of John chapter 16, when some of the disciples finally said, after a whole night of being with him before his death, at the end of 16, he, somebody said, wow, we now understand what you've been trying to tell us. You came from the Father, and the Father dwells in you. And remember, Jesus says, now that they get it, I am ready to go. And so now that they get it, he goes into his high priestly prayer, and he says, now we're ready to go. You guys have seen this. I know it's going to embarrass my friend. There's been a lot of uh, amazement. There's been a lot of, wow, this is amazing. As you guys have watched your pastor dying. He would be the first to say what I'm about to say. You can go ahead and graduate him. You can go ahead and say, you are unbelievable. And he will tell you the same thing that Jesus said. Do not point to me for the things that are done. This doctrine is not mine. This doctrine is the Father that dwells within me. Remember Jesus said that? Nobody is good besides God. All I'm doing is acting as mere man, letting the Father live in me to display an invisible God and make him visible to you. My brother is simply doing that. He has humbled himself to be obedient to that command. But I promise you that he would be the first to say this. Don't praise him. All he's doing is a messenger from what Jesus is doing in his life. You have got to see an invisible Jesus made visible through your pastor as he dies. Does that make sense to you? 
This is what was so amazing. This is what was so astonishing to them. And it doesn't have to happen just if you're dying. It can happen in the lowliest ways of life. I, I, the, the people were amazed when Jesus began to do this, and he walked in and they said, oh, look at this, somebody's speaking as one that has authority. This man, this man. Now, the, I want you to understand what they mean by this man. This man, he's not educated. When our table broke down, we brought it over to this man, and he fixed our table. When something happened and we needed some carpentry work, this man is doing this with authority. I don't understand this. The reason they were saying this man is this man lived a normal life of nobody. No education, no royal family, no wealth. And they were saying, I don't get it. This man. You and I are all this man. We're this man. This is what God loves to delight, is to take these vessels, ordinary, normal vessels, that have removed all of the educational, and I'm not against education at all, but removed all of that to think somehow that somehow qualifies you for any of this. It disqualifies you. Paul said, in all of my education, and he was educated more than almost any man, he said, I count it as manure. He was a little more graphic than that. I'm being polite. In order that I may have Christ. This is the point that he was trying to make. This is the authority that you and I are seeing. This is what they were so amazed by. This man speaks not like the scribes who are using their education and all the things that have made them legally acceptable in their culture. They, they speak, and it's just kind of windy. It's like religion, and you've heard that many times, probably from up here sometimes, and you've heard that, but this man speaks with authority. He tells a person to get out of the boat, and the guy gets out of the boat. He tells a person to give us the keys to his car. The guy just grabs it and gives us the keys to his car. He tells a demon to come out of a person. The demon jumps out of the person. This man, we've never seen this type of authority ever. And all he was doing, this man, was living what is called the normal life. And what is normal and what is sanctified is interesting. The word sanctified, you young guys, don't get scared by a word sanctification or sanctified. All it basically means is that something was intelligently made for the purpose of, the, of being an intelligent purpose for it. That's all it means. For instance, if you take a pen and you write with a pen, that pen is sanctified. It is living out the purpose for what it was designed. A light bulb. It's sanctified when it turns on the light. It was designed to carry light so that somebody could see. That means sanctified, set apart for the purpose that it was designed. It is ridiculous to ask something to act in its purpose against the way it was designed. I go out, and let's say that I'm going to go out and get on the motorcycle, and I'm going to go ahead and and there's no gas in the motorcycle, and I'm going to go ahead and expect that motorcycle to bring me home without gas. That's ridiculous. 
The musicians come up here to sing. They want all their instruments and their microphones to work, and they're not going to have electricity. That is ridiculous. The microphones were designed to let electricity run through them so that they would function. Yet religion has told you and me, be righteous. Be righteous and try to stop doing those things that are wrong by your self-effort. It's ridiculous. Your design that makes you sanctified is that you were designed by God to be a container for the living Christ to come in and live within your life so that you, therefore, could be a visible expression of the power, the authority of God, so, therefore, people could look at you and say, wow, there's Jesus. There's what he's like. I'm drawn to him because of that. It's the visible expression of the invisible God living inside man. This is all that Jesus was demonstrating in this chapter. He was just man, although he was God. He did not count anything from God. That, what that really means, he chose to never draw from his power of God while he lived on this planet, never. He said, all I'm going to do is show man what it's like to be fully, truly man by letting the Father live inside and the authority that I speak, the reason I speak authority is because the Father just spoke to me. And if the Father tells me to do something, it will happen. You know what's really cool about that? Every one of you can live just like this from this moment forward. Boomer was using the example over here, stirring this up. And you saw the chocolate begin to move in it and stir it up. You were designed to house Christ. Now, we're going to bring from when this was written, Jesus had denied, emptied himself of deity, and he said, now I want you to have this attitude, but I want you to understand right now, he is not living like that now. He is now deity. He is God. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. But now he is representing the way the Father represented, lived in him. He is now there to wait and to be in you. That's why the day he was leaving, and it said the, the disciples were stirred up in their emotions. And that word literally means bawling, crying, sobbing, weeping. They were just disturbed in their life. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be troubled. If you're going to believe in God, believe also in me. You ought to be rejoicing now if you understand what I came here for, to show man how to live as man on this planet. You should be rejoicing because I've been walking with you to demonstrate, but I'm going to leave, and then I'll be able to come and come in you, and I will be in you the same way the Father that was in me, so you can have the same type of authority that I had when I was on this planet, only doing the things that the Father put in my heart to do. That's why when he spoke with confidence and authority, because he knew Father just told him to do it. Many of you know what I'm talking about. You've experienced that before. There's sometimes in your prayer life, uh, if you're like me, probably half of my prayers I'm just not that sure about. I, there are things I really would like to see happen. Okay. But there are sometimes I can go ahead and I know the Father, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit in, dwelling in me, told me to pray a specific thing for a specific person. 
Yesterday I went to a funeral. Some of you might have been there. Uh, uh, Dan Iceland, who uh, had a funeral yesterday, he died a few days ago. And uh, there's a long story about Dan Iceland's life, and you can read it in the paper sometime. But Dan Iceland was my next-door neighbor when I was five and six years old. He was about 10 years older than me, so I looked up to him, and he was a Golden Glove boxer that, you know, that uh, literally went on to do all kinds of things. And I just marveled at this outlaw, and he was an outlaw. He went to seminary uh, in prison. He just called it seminary. And his life turned around. And when he died, he told one of the guys, he says, uh, that was going to give the message, he said, I want you to go fishing at my funeral. Remember what Jesus just said to Peter? Peter, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So a guy described how to share Christ and how to have Christ become a part of his life. I was sitting back there watching, uh, really having a lot of memories go through my mind of my life with him, and two people out of hundreds and hundreds, whether there were two people that God said, you are to be a container for me to ask them to come into your kingdom. Two. It wasn't something I was ah, kind of sure. I knew this authority did not originate from me. It came from the life of Christ inside me. And at that time, I asked God for the, to go ahead and take the veil off so those two people could come to understand who he was and that they could know this, this mystery of Christ in man the way they were intended to live. And I knew for certain to pray for those two people. I don't even have to know the outcome. I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. Can... Can some of you get excited about this? That it is your same potential to show the world an invisible God by visibly looking at you, surrendering to the fact that you as man cannot accomplish anything, but you as man can fulfill the purpose that you were designed to house the living God and let him come in and walk through you. I'm not going to go into all the theology of what I'm about to say here. In 1970, November 5th, I asked Christ to come into my life. Eight years later, he took me up on it. Now, what I'm telling you is this. I think I made a real invitation to ask Christ to come into my life but I did not understand what that meant till eight years later that Christ came into my life like what we're talking about. For eight years, I lived religion. I still, I think, was born into his kingdom, but I didn't understand the principles that I'm sharing with you, and I did not understand the principle that Jesus is demonstrating to these people is the authority that you guys, when you ask Christ to come into your life, that didn't mean that you just ask Christ to come and be a part of your life. You ask him to come and house himself inside you as your authority that you will only say and only do those things that he has told you to do and how to live, and that is what it means to show a world what God is like. He says, no longer written on tablets of stones anymore, 
but I've written them on human hearts that are willing to let me live in their life and the world will look at you and they will be amazed. Who in the world in a, in a city like Rapid City all of a sudden gets word of the fact that they've got to come and put on film on their local channel of a guy dying that's not afraid to die? They were amazed. Why were they amazed? They saw a visible expression of an invisible God, and that God amazed them. Thank you for being a vessel, Steve. But it was God they saw. That makes sense? Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, as ridiculous as it is, to tell a car to run without gas, to tell this microphone and to work without electricity. We confess it is so ridiculous that we would somehow think that we can act righteous to stop doing the things we want to do, to do things we want to do without you doing them through us. And we repent from that and our self-effort. And I would pray that from this day forth that we would stand as amazed as these people were at what you can do through just this man or this woman. We welcome you. We open our heart for you. And we're going to expect to demonstrate your life the way it was designed to be demonstrated, casting off the pearls of religion and letting them see you. And it is in confidence we ask you because Jesus said we could do that. Amen.